Welcome back to the Social Distance Podcast, everyone. Once again, George is not here, but we have got a good guest on today. Today, we're joined by Aaron Gate, who's just recently off the back of winning his second world title on the track. He won the points race world title a couple of days ago in Glasgow. He was also third in the team pursuit, third in the Madison in those same world champs. He's a four-time Commonwealth Game gold medalist. At least in way, he won four gold and one Commonwealth Games. I forgot to ask him if he'd won any more, but he probably has. Um, he joins us from the Tour of Denmark. He's not here in the intro, but he is here in the show. So <laughs> enjoy it. Let's, let's just run the intro and wing it like we always do and see what comes out of it. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Mm. Front kick. Just getting bored with the chat. My radar's going pretty hard at the moment. I think we should... Will you Who shut is up, man? That escalated quickly. Oh, We're going to need to get some more qualified guests on the show, eh? <laughs> <laughs> the auditions continue to replace George. <laughs> Where the fuck is George again? Oh, is he still oh, trying to get across to the breakaway in Glasgow? <laughs> <laughs> what happened there? <laughs> There's a lot of swearing at one point. I missed the early stuff, but didn't the cameras pick him up, Bills? Yeah. That- I like I was doing something like working around the house or whatever. Um, probably like cleaning and just, you know, doing all that sort of stuff that I enjoy to do. And I uh, was like, oh, fuck, I better put the road race on. So I like turned the road race on. And it was like 35K in or something. And the first footage was just George going, fuck, go. <laughs> just yelling at the two dudes. It was blowing from Vatican City or something, wasn't it? Yeah. First ever yeah. bike race. Poor 40-year-old bloke just stoked to be there and then just got some bloke from Nelson just ripping him to shreds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, he's George is at um George is at Burgos at the moment. Uh, or he's traveling he was traveling to Burgos today or something. I don't know. His internet's also shit, so we'll just use that as an excuse. But we've got Gady on today as well. Gady's actually he's showing good commitment though, because he's also at Tour of Denmark and he's in a hotel room and he's managed to front <laughs> up. Yeah. Well, I, I couldn't turn you down for like the eighth time or whatever, how many times you've asked me. There's always something that comes up, so well, to be fair, like the podcast, I've asked Katie a few times to come to the podcast, but like we can't even get together for a beer or a coffee half the time. Like <laughs> I think you've spent about eight hours at home this year, haven't you? Yeah, I can't even use the excuse for not listening to the podcast that I see you plenty of times. I don't need to listen to it, but yeah, I don't reckon I've seen you for probably four months now. No, ages. And so Katie's just minutes this year. Gady's been at home for like two days and managed to cross get him on the podcast still. Um, why, why don't you give fresh off a world title? The, also, before we get to that, give him a bit of background on your bromance. How do you guys know each other? Well, I figured that at the end of the show, like in typical style, we do it. We like do the intro, even though the show's finished, and then we put it, oh. we move it to the front of the thing. So I was going through it for a new tax today because I thought like we normally do the intro at the end. And then we start the podcast and we basically just introduce what's happening anyway. But that's mm. what the intro's for. So I figured that we don't need to introduce Gady now because I'll do that in the intro. You know what I mean? Yeah, but then remember George's feedback. Whenever you would do it, he'd go, oh, mate, you're waffling. Oh, this is fucking shit. <laughs> and then your confidence would be cooked. And then you'd do it again and be rubbish. <laughs> but you guys won a bronze medal together, didn't you, Lumman? Yeah, back yeah. in 2012. Yeah, me and Gady go back a wee way. We like we started on the track. We yeah, we rode together in London. You must have come into the track team like between Beijing and London, eh? 
like it was 2010 like 20, or something? Because you're at the Com Games. Oh, Com Games, yeah. Com Games was my first campaign with you guys. And then I was reserve again. And my first Worlds was 2011 in Apple Dawn. And I was glad I didn't ride because the team went like shit. So I just yeah, got to correct, the yeah. wings. And yeah. <laughs> what was Jules like as a teammate? All honesty, what was he like as a teammate? Well, um, one thing that stuck with me actually was because um, I didn't ride the... I didn't ride the qualifying ride in London and I got brought in for the first round and we were like riding to the track together and like I was next to Bills going through security or whatever and um, he's just like, now Gady, there's a lot riding on this fucking ride, right? Like, don't, don't fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, to be yeah, fair, like... <laughs> to be fair, you didn't did. fuck it up. And oh, I you did. nearly did actually, you were close, but... Um, <laughs> I missed um, the back after doing a long term with well, long turn, it was like probably a one and a half lap turn or something back then, which seemed long at the time. And then Goose Daddy just ripped through under me at a million miles an hour. And I was like, yeah, definitely off the back. <laughs> that was when, like, nowadays on the track, Jones in team pursuit, like, what are you guys doing in team pursuit now? Like, two and a half lap turns or something? Or yeah, like, sort of the standard, <clears throat> the standard is two, <clears throat> right? Yeah, right. Yeah. And like, so back in the like, back in London, the standard. Maybe the standard was just starting to creep to one and a half, I think, around then, maybe. Yeah. But like I think it was like it was still, still single first turns, maybe, and then the back end riders had to do like one and a half sort of thing, second yeah. turns. But then we had Jesse Sargent in the team who was like he was like a team suit god, basically. Like he just yeah. had like the fucking biggest engine you'd ever seen. So he was like in the 2012, like when everyone like the good riders were doing one and a half lap turns, he was already doing like two and a half, so like just bomb stuff. So yeah. like, I remember in the in that round when Gady when Gady came in this the first round to qualify for the the middle rounds, I mean I just remember like yelling at Jesse with like three laps to go like finish it. That's how Gady got going to the track, and since then he's just um, taken the world the track world by by storm. Basically, he just. The most recent success of Gady is he just won the World Points Race title like three or four days ago, and now he's gone straight to Tour of Denmark. Yep, <clears throat> mad dog. So you, what? Just, just relax, Jackie. We're all friends. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? What did, what did you say that for? Is I, have I got a resting bitch face? <laughs> I, no, seriously, it's becoming a problem because I'll sit there and my brain is like happy and comfortable, but I wear it like I'm having the worst fucking day of my life. And yeah. in women, they call it a resting bitch face. I've got, yeah, a resting aggro bastard. No, my wife so yeah. and I've got the same thing going on. She gives me shit because I'll just sit there with like this death stare looking into space like a million miles away just thinking about probably trying to get to where the next race is or whatever. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, that, so you won the points race the other day, and I must say, like, it was pretty dominating. Like, even you probably have to admit that it was quite a dominating display of the points race. Like, you took the purse, basically, <laughs> um, from what I could see from the couch. I'm sure, it felt harder on the track. Um, but how how many world titles have you got now, actually? Like, across the... Uh, it was my, <clears throat> that was my second one. First one way back in 2013. Omnium. So, like, yeah, on them. So, 10 did you not between. win the team pursuit that year with the guys? No, I, I actually set it out. I was having a bit of a shitter of a year. And then it was kind of when they were still trying to keep the team pursuit and Omnium somewhat separate for some reason. And I mean, in fairness, the guys 
all the guys in the TP were hooking then. Like it was a strong team and I probably wouldn't have made it anyway. But um, yeah, I ended up just riding the, riding the Omnium that year. <clears throat> right. Oh, I thought you won the, that title as well. But he also won, um, this is what we also do on the show, Gady, is like, like they say good journalists are well-researched. I was going to um, say that. But we usually use the show to do man. our research so that <laughs> our response to your answers are as exciting to us as it is to the listeners. Um, <laughs> you won, how many golds did you win in the Common Games last year? Five golds or something? Four. Oh, don't don't get, don't exaggerate it, bro. <laughs> well, mate, those those golds are going to be worth even more, like not just sentimental, because that'll be it for the Commonwealth Games after Victoria fucking. Pulled yeah, them. it's not looking good. Looking there, like right? that, eh? <laughs> so, yeah. mate, I like how we pull the pin because it's the cost plot. Then Canada go, ooh, fuck it, we're out. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no one left. Like who's yeah, going to no do one, it? Man. Nah. But what? That's not the next one. Next Com Games is it? The next one was going to be in Victoria, and the one yeah, after that was in Victoria. Canada. Uh, and they've pulled the pin. <clears throat> and now Canada as well. I heard what's... some chat. I heard some chat the other day that Birmingham just has to front up and do it every year because it's like, ah, oh, well, UK, you started the Commonwealth, you got to keep it going. <laughs> so, yeah. well, I don't know what's going to happen there though. <clears throat> yeah, well, Liz will be turning a grave if they cancel it. Yeah, I know. She'll be pissed. Yeah, no, it's it's dead, man. And what's what's shit about this state is they announced that during election year, right? And then they backtrack on it. It's going to cost us like a billion dollars in fines or however they're going to do it. But um, I've never, ever in the history of this state, and I think it's most governments, where they ever announce a project where they go, it was on time and we've got change left over under budget. Everything's always a blowout and then they flip and flop which shows that if you want to get elected, you can say whatever you want because you can always in 12 months go, fuck it, nah, I'm out. Got no, cash. Why don't they just do, no cash. Why don't they just do what they did in New Delhi when we went to the Delhi games, Katie? Like they basically just like, they're like, oh yeah, they, they, they were so far behind like the buildings, the, oh, Olympic, yeah. the, the Commonwealth Games Village or whatever. It's like shoddy fucking buildings. And they're like, and they're like no, no, sweet. They're all good. And we went in there, it's just big signs that don't go on the terraces. Like, <laughs> Like the fucking walls are like I still remember. Cracking. Still remember we got like a very urgent bulletin like don't go on the balconies because they might collapse. Yeah. <laughs> they were like they it's were like, like right, starting to like wild break. Wild monkeys, wild monkeys in the village are just like yeah. none of really? the work had been grounded. There was like there was already like water leaks before we even left the place. I feel sorry for the poor sods that had bought those meant to be like luxury apartments. I'd be surprised those buildings are still standing to be honest. Oh, I don't think so. Well, but on the, on the other hand, I walked dogs? through the. Uh, on the oh. other hand, I walked through the um, London Olympic Village a couple of weeks ago. That's uh, crazy, though. Yeah, we went to watch a hockey game actually. Me and Hannah and Hannah's cousin and her partner. Uh, and yeah, we're like, it's like it's cool. Like it's, it's real nice. It's yeah. changed that area of London massively. So, so yeah, I think sure. what they want to achieve has been achieved. They did well. Yeah. I was just yeah, going to say well. on, those, on those Delhi games, I think we mentioned on the podcast before, the mayor of Delhi, do you remember what her name was? Oh, she- Take a Shit or something. She- no, Sheila Dick Shit was her oh, name. That's, that's her actual name. And yeah. they had all those wild dogs. And they said, what are you going to do about the wild dogs in Delhi? And she goes, no, no, no we've got a plan. It's all sorted. And then they went around and rounded up the dogs and they never came out. They go, what'd you do with the dogs? <laughs> oh, no, we, we've, we've relocated and we'll get them and we'll bring them back. <laughs> Those dogs never came back. 
there were some pretty memorable things. It was a pretty cool trip though, that one. Like there's some pretty memorable things. I remember like the security going to the track and you'd all be on the on the bus because it was like a twenty minute drive from the village to where the velodrome was. And they just had this line of like a hundred Toyota Hiluxes with blokes with AK forty sevens just sitting in the oh. back tray. And so every time you left the left the velodrome, just one one Hilux in front, one behind of the bus, just like cruising down the road. And then they'd created like a Commonwealth Lane, like they'd painted a different colour on the road. So like what was normally a four lane road was now three, but it was still it'd still be like five cars wide in those three lanes. So it actually didn't change anything. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. There were some when you think back to like those games and things we did together, there's some funny there's some funny stories, eh? Like the, <laughs> at, I remember in Delhi, we had like we finished the road I raced the track there with Gady and then I did the road race. Yeah, I did the road race and then um Hayden Rolson got second in the road race. So we like had some beers that night. There's actually like, like unique to any other village. They, they actually had a pub inside that little village, mix, that? that little mix zone pub, eh? Yeah. But and like those, I think the idea for like two ahead. Yeah. Yeah. The idea was, it was like, to like maybe like meet someone and have like a quiet beer, but it just turned yeah. into this pub, like this nightclub because nobody could, was allowed to go out ah. into the cities and stuff. Yeah. So everyone was just like getting hammered at this like little bar. It was about the size of my lounge room, and there's like the whole Commonwealth Games village in there. And like, you know, I had to go to the airport the next morning, and I was like hungover, as you can imagine. And I walked into the, it was like six in the morning or something. I had to get this bus to the airport to fly back to New Zealand. And I walked into the, like, the common room in, the, in our apartment to get my bike, and my bike just wasn't there. I was like, where the fuck's my bike? And I was like, I'm sure I like packed it and left it here in the lounge and everything. I was like, and then eventually I was like, I've just got to, I'm just going to have to go. Like, I'm going to miss my bus and miss my flight. So I just was like, I'm going to have to leave and hope, hope my bike just turns up and like someone, something like the, the NJC can bring it back or something, you know? Like, I don't know what I was thinking. And then I just started like, and so I was calling everybody. I was calling Roly because he left like two hours before me. And I was like, yeah, have you seen my bike? He's like, no, I don't know where it is. He was like, also, he was probably still drunk, not even hung over at that point. I was like, no, I don't know where it is. <laughs> And then I was like, oh, well, fuck, I'm going to go. And I just started, had to walk like 500, 500, 600 meters to the bus depot to get my bus, just dragging my suitcase. And I got halfway there and my bike was just lying on the grass, like middle of nowhere. <laughs> I was like, what, what happened? So then I grabbed it. I was like, that's my bike. Took it to the airport. And then I saw a roll in that there. He's like, oh, yeah, I thought it was mine, bro. I just fucking left it. I realized it was yours. I just left it in the grass. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> my bike was just sitting in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> that's funny. Um, do, you, do, do the Commonwealth Games mean as much anymore, or do you think it's even well from an well, athlete's point of view? Kind of going there last year, it didn't really seem like they were going to. But then when you get there, and the amount of like the hype from the public and everything, like mm. even just going out for a went out for a coffee ride the day before the um, road race, and it was in Warwick, and we're just sitting at this brew shop. And just the, like all the public coming up to us, like, oh, good luck tomorrow, you know, like everyone was like really behind it. And I think even the amount of um, coverage back home was kind of just as much nearly as you get for an Olympics anyway. So I think mm. it kind of still is, eh? Like, and I think mm. kind of still shows what sport at that level should be. Like kids watch it, people get amongst it. And um, it'd be a shame if it died for sure, I think. Yeah, it would be. Mm. And like, <clears throat> going, like going back to the Com Games last year, we Gady won four golds, three on the track. And he won the road, Gady won the road race, Jonesy. I don't know if you remember that. Um, and yeah, I remember it like, well. For me, like, <laughs> <laughs> should have seen this before the show. 
James sent me the link and what he sent on the link to the show and WhatsApp, and he goes, forward this to Gady. By the way, who's Gady? <laughs> <laughs> Ten minutes before the show started. I love that. Oh, thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, this could be... I know a heap of Gadies. I know about four. I just need to know yeah. this specific one. No, once I said Aaron Gady, you knew who you were. Um, yeah. <laughs> But like, Put this on the gate. You're like Bill. Bill, Bill coming on the it's Bill coming on the podcast. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but like for me, like that road race, like was the, was the biggest success you had at the Commonwealth Games out of those four goals because like how do I say this like without offending anybody? But like like I expected you to win gold medals on the track. You know what I mean? Like. I, yeah. I, I expected you to have success on the track at the Commonwealth Games. Yeah. Just like I, had, I expect you to have success on the track at the Olympic Games and the World Champs because that's your level and that's where your level's been for quite a number of years now on the track. But like, I didn't necessarily expect you to win the road race because the Commonwealth Games, like, ro- road field is fucking strong. <clears throat> if you think about the countries that are racing Commonwealth Games, as if you look at the World Tour Peloton, Australians, Kiwis, Poms, uh, like, you know, it's a strong South Africans. Like they're some of the best riders in the world, and Gady cleaned them up. So that was that was nice to watch. Well, yeah, I, I, I can't say I was expecting to win it either. Like I went there with the mindset, like, sweet, I've had my moment in the spotlight. Like now, I'm just going to play a supporting role in this road race. And then somehow, group of fifteen goes, and I'm the only Kiwi in it. It's like, oh well, looks like I'm going to have to uh, try and pull something out of the bag here. <laughs> and like, especially coming off a track preparation as well, whereas I guess. Like I guess you you do a lot of stuff on the road throughout the year now anyway, but like you'd still done a specific track build up, hadn't you, leading into the Commonwealth Games as opposed to like a yeah like there was yeah, guys who done Tour de France. I still had um, kept like that's probably one thing that has changed a lot and since in the last ten years anyway of like you know you'd be lucky if you went and did a two hour ride during a camp, track camp leading into a competition, but now I do for sure a lot more like just a bit more rounded training rather than just like thinking oh i'm doing track now i can't do road training because it's going to make me slow or whatever it's like you Mm. still actually need endurance but yeah i was also lucky that the race was 160k not 260k it might have been a different story (laughs) true true the training changed has changed a lot i guess it's like it's been so long since i've ridden the track now that i wouldn't even hazard a guess at what training you do anymore but like there was like that cycle like when when we were to get in the track team we it was quite common that like the team pursuit teams had a lot of road pros. And then he's still there, Gady. There you are. Yeah, sorry, um, I said a mechanic started calling me. Oh, um <laughs> there was like the road like it was you could be a road pro and you could be a team pursuit rider because the gears were a lot smaller. This we were going like a lot slower as well. And then it kind of went really, really specific. But now it's like even though it's super specific, it's like a lot of um there's still a lot of road pros now back in team pursuiting. Like the Italians have like th- three, I think. Ghana, Milan, Consoni. Sony, you guys yeah. have a few. Uh, GB. So like it's kind of like coming back to like a real endurance sport again, even though like the gears are about 10 times bigger than what we used to use. Yeah, it's um, it did go through. Because it's sort of when the gears started getting bigger, it was quite a specific, it seemed really specific. Like you needed to be able to do massive weights in the gym and, I don't know, now it's kind of gone full circle. And for some reason, you can still push big... Like, I mean, my physiology's definitely changed a lot in the last 10 years. Um, I haven't got shit the other day. 
from our Belgian clothing sponsor that was like, yeah, but Gaddy's ass is not like the other writers. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> like, you yeah, just a lot make, more, it's so lot much more, more in the journey. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What gear do you run team suit now? Like, what's the general, like, for like, like, your, one, like the top four teams? Like 120 inches, like Fuck. 67, 15, I think we rode. 120 for like, yeah, that's like that's I'm now 14 inches bigger, bigger than what we rode in London. Yeah, and like I rode bigger gear in the points race at the Worlds than I rode than we rode in the TP in uh, London. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the days so of gone where people used to run like the sewing machines in the points races, eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's, it's funny it's... how I stayed relative. Like I actually thought about it the other day. Like I'm 12 inches smaller from my first points race worlds back in 2011 when we rode, I think I rode 104 or 106 maybe in the TP and then 12 inches smaller and then same thing still applied at this world. So there's still like track cycling, still track cycling. It's just yeah. a bit different. <laughs> but it's better now because it's fast it's like like it's like team pursuiting i guess like <clears throat> because i have a knowledge of team pursuiting but even like without having a massive knowledge of team pursuiting it's just exciting to watch people go so fast you know like when yeah. it was it was cool to be like oh you know like 2000 in 2008 when we broke four minutes for the first time like that was like oh, fuck we broke four minutes you know but then you yeah. look back at that and you go like well, there's four people on a on the fastest surface you can possibly put bikes on for four kilometers, and we're like we're blown away by the fact that we could average sixty kilometers an hour for four minutes. But then when you think about it, you're like, well, that of course you should be able to do that, like given the fact that like everything that's in your in your favor to do that. But now it's got to the point where it's like this is actually mind blowing the fact that four people are riding three minutes and close to three minutes and forty seconds for four kilometers. From a standing start, it's fucking insane, really. Yeah, that's true. And even like the Madison, I suppose, now I think the average speed was nearly 59k an hour at the yeah. Worlds this year. And often like, often the Madison speed can be um, kind of skewed a bit by laps being taken. But this was so fast that nobody even took a lap. Like it was just, yeah. no one could take a lap because you got to go 70k an hour to take a lap because everyone's sitting at 60k an hour the whole time. So it was... Um, yeah. That was one of the best yeah. Madisons I've seen, I reckon. So Gady was third in the Madison as well, Jonesy. Just see over oh, in yeah? the top left corner. Oh, good on you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> who'd, you, who'd you do it with? Uh, Campbell Stewart. Oh, yeah. He's a good bloke. Cambo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so is there everything now? Because it's, it's a weird run-up now because um, you've got the Olympics <laughs> next year, obviously, but there's only been a three-year gap. Does now yeah. does it flick over? Right, it's full Olympic mode now. That's it. Uh, yes and no. It's like this. This was quite good. Normally, the Worlds is later in the year. Well, it's kind of the UCI changes it every year. It seems, but this year with the Super Worlds, it's like the same time that it's going to be for the Olympics, like start of August. So, kind of good, just like a bit of a practice run, seeing what worked and what didn't, and what we can do better, and you know how far out we try and. Uh, put a clamp on road racing and what sort of road races are going to be beneficial and everything else. So, um, yeah, for sure. Like for the next 12 months, the Olympics is my, is my main focus, but there's still a lot of road racing and stuff to do as well. So, so there's no, there's no more world champs between this, no, this is the last no, world champs for your Olympics. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. And I guess the one next year will be back in October or something yeah. after the yeah. Olympics. 
we're, and they'll do a World Cup season, I guess, leading into the Olympics. Yeah, Sorry, James. yeah, we've got a couple of World Cups again. Aussies um, playing footsie with hosting one. There was meant to be one in Aussie, and uh, it would have been in Melbourne, was it? I guess nobody wants to put the money up. Yeah, we've got no cash, mate. No, <laughs> no, yeah, we're fucked. All I, all just... I hear from Aussie is Kiwis going there because there's so much cash, and then every time Aussies have to spend it, they're like, nah. Yeah, yeah nah. No, hey, speaking of speak, speaking of getting paid well in Australia, I saw a I saw a, a thing just before I logged on to the show that UPS drivers in America are now going to get paid an average of one hundred and seventy thousand dollars a year. That's good sure. crust. That's not bad, eh? Well, US yeah. dollars as well. Yeah, I might hang the wheels up. Fuck yeah! I was thinking that but, oh, I already but, have, but but, but isn't the Postal drivers. Oh, I'm going off Seinfeld for research here. They go. That's what they call it. Going the, postal. Like they go nuts, don't they? Oh, is that where it comes from? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, right. Makes sense. Does going make postal. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. So you need sort of that going. All the best research comes from combo. Seinfeld. So yeah. yeah. Seinfeld, South Park, Family Guy. Yeah. Social distance <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Well, it's like when I where I grew up in Sale, everyone works on the oil rigs and they get paid good coin. Like I, one yep. of my mates' dads, he was on the oil rigs just cleaning shitters and he was on 180 <laughs> grand a year. But I'm thinking 40 dudes blocking one mobile shitter on an oil rig, I'd, I'd want 180k as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bloody yeah. Yeah. So um, how's, how's um, Black Spoke going? Gady, just, we'll just, t- just quickly chat about that and then you. You can go up and it goes well soon, actually. All good. We, uh, my last race with them was Tour of Belgium, which was pretty up and down. It was pretty, that race was probably, well, the first stage especially was probably the most stressful bloody peloton I've been in that I can remember. It was, mm. everyone's just so on edge these days, it seems. Um, yeah. But hopefully this race will be a bit more relaxed. Famous last words. Um, probably cross one from the gun tomorrow and it'll be stressful as hell, but yeah, it will be. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's been good. It's um it's pretty cool, like you know, a full full team of Kiwis is something that has never existed before. So I think it's um pretty pretty cool to have something like this. Yeah. Like That's exciting, than eh? Kiwis battling around in small club teams in Belgium and France trying to make ends meet and now you know, there's this pathway to go and race in Europe. It's um, it's pretty cool for the next generation coming through. Yeah, and it just puts New Zealand like, it just puts New Zealand on the map as well, which is like, and like New Zealand cycling. That like when you just think back to over the last six months, like first of all, okay, Bolton Equities, Black Spike, your team. It existed last year and had a continental level, but now it's a pro continental team. You know, it's, it's it's growing. It's becoming a big, bigger organization year by year. It's getting bigger with you know aspirations to be, you know, one of the best teams going forward. So then that's been a massive part for cycling New Zealand. And then when you look at like just the world champs as well, you're like, fuck, man, we won two world titles on the mountain bike. Sam Gaze was second in the cross country of the mountain bike. Oh, sorry, we won two cross country world titles. Mm. We won first, second, and third in the junior women's downhill. Sam Gay was second in the in the cross country. We won multiple medals on the track, male and female. We like like we actually had a fucking hell of worlds. We won medals in the BMX. Like we New Zealand cycling is so good, actually. Like for a little nation. It's just pretty cool the depth as well, you know, like because in the past it's always been there's one, you know, like for a while it was Terra Alma flying the flag, and then you know, there's always been like one team or one individual that's like 
a superhero on the bike, but then um, now just like, yeah, how much it's flowed across multiple disciplines, as you said, I think it's pretty, pretty cool. They've got to turn yeah. that into cash now for the lead up to the Olympics. Steinlager <laughs> exactly. on board or <laughs> yeah. turn well, it into commercial dollars. That's why like what um, Murray Bolton's doing with, with Black Spoke is like, it's, it's so important and so impactful for New Zealand road cycling. And not from not from a cash point of view, but the the fact that Cycling New Zealand, you know, it's a small organisation ultimately, and they haven't got the they haven't got the money or the funding to support every single facet of cycling. You know, so they have to prioritise, which can be can be shit for some disciplines, but at the same time, like I guess I sat on both sides of it. I was in the track team when I was in the road team, and the track team's mm-hmm. always been well funded. The road team's not not so well funded. But I, I actually kind of get it because they've only got so many dollars they can spend and they have to prioritize yeah. in, in, in the right way where they're going to deliver medals or at least more medals. So that's so it does put road cycling in a position where we don't have a road program for young Kiwis. We don't have to develop a national under-23 team race in Europe or anything like that. So that's why what Black Spoke is, is why yeah. it's so important to yeah, sure. road cycling. It fills that gap. And what like a lot of um, road riders in New Zealand also forget is that the money... Cycling New Zealand doesn't actually have any commercial partners at the moment. Like, there's mm. various reasons for that, but all the money they get is from HPCNZ, the government sporting body, and they actually audit Cycling New Zealand where they spend their money. So they said, "Oh, you've got this money for track," and then they said, "Oh, but we spent it to send a road team to the worlds." And be like, "Well, nah, that's not what we told you to use it on." So they actually can't, even if they wanted to support a road team, they couldn't. And that's mm. where, yeah, like you said, someone like Murray Bolton coming in fills that void and I think just builds it just builds cycling in a way that you can't measure as well like we get more media coverage in New Zealand and then it gets more followers and then more kids see it and they want to get you know they want to get on a bike and it's just I think um you gotta you gotta have someone like that to to kickstart it and then hopefully it continues to to snowball from there into more people getting into it both commercially yeah. and just from a recreational point of view yeah, and the recreational side of things just comes purely from having success, I think, and and building a, a culture of, of getting more and more people interested to turn the TV on at the, when the Commonwealth Games are on or the mm. Super Worlds, whatever, and go. I want to watch the cycling because I know that we have successful guys and guys and girls, and I want to watch that. You know, that's what gets yeah. people interested recreationally, and yeah. then to get people interested, like to become professionals, you just, you just have to have like a, some form of a pathway where people be where young under 17s or juniors go like, oh, there's actually somewhere I can go out of juniors. Because like, there's always a question like, <clears throat> you get asked at heaps and you probably do as well, Gaddy, like, oh, I've got a young guy, he's really into cycling, he's national champion, he wants to go and like try to make it as a cyclist. What does he do? What's the next step from? And like, the, the answer is like, I don't know. You know, that's almost, the, that's like the, what the answer's mm. been for a couple of years now because you're like, well, actually the only option is Hopefully you got supportive parents. Get on a plane, fly to Belgium, put yourself in yeah. some shitty little fucking barn, and hope for the best. Like that was yeah. the only that was the only pathway for a little while. But now, like it's starting to become a little bit more. Like the the waters aren't so murky, and there's like even with um might uh, James Canning's team might uh how do you say what's Mita, it called might might yeah like that's another smaller version of a of a team that can at least get you overseas to do some racing and like those things are important. Well, you look at what they've just done as well. Like they just won the biggest crit series in the US with uh, Ben Oliver, who was racing a mountain bike at a World Cup two weeks earlier, jumped on a plane, headed to the States, and then those guys cleaned up all these professional, like, 
teams that are paid just to race criteriums. And this bloke mm. just got off his mountain bike, stepped on a road bike, and then Grip of Kiwis just dusted up all these Yanks. So, yeah. it's, um, is that that NCL league? Yeah, I think so. It's part of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So all that those NCL teams are at this Intelligentsia Cup, and these guys just like put them all to the sword. <laughs> I get yeah, Swain. I saw What's that. on the but... show, Bules? Because he's managing one of the teams. Yeah, yeah. The Denver oh, right. disruptors. Yeah, that's where rainy. That's where rainy rides for, eh? Yeah, it's an interesting series. That thing. I, I was watching it a little bit of it this morning, just like, and they have like subs. You can sub in and out, like oh, yeah. the track. I think really. Yeah, it was like maybe it was a different. You know, maybe they have a standard crit, and then maybe they have a other format. I don't know. I haven't looked into it deep yeah. enough. But like, yeah, they were like, it was on their Twitter account saying like, oh, it's exciting to see the teams utilizing the sub, the huh. substitution card or something and they were like three three girls like went off into the pit lane and then three other girls came out <laughs> that'd be you should get back on the bike peels it'd be perfect for you you had to do the first couple of laps and then just yeah, sub out. yeah. that'd be right <laughs> yeah just do a lap full gas and then just park up the bear tent for the rest of the race that'd be good yeah. oh, i do yeah. um right, what so was your wash up go, or... oh i was just well, going to say quick go. wash up from the world's bills vanderpoel yeah Fucking solid. He's good, eh? Yeah. Mm. That was pretty impressive. Little get down just to keep everyone on the edge of their seats as well. What a mad dog, eh? He was <laughs> never he was never making it around that corner though. Did you see what <laughs> he came into? Oh, yeah. Did you guys did you guys see any of the under twenty three race? Those poor bastards. I swear like every corner they were just slapping off. Logan Curry had a good ride there, actually. Real good ride. Like it was yeah. good to see him just get stuck in, you know, like that group was off the front, it was the place to be and he was like, oh, well, fuck it. I'll try and ride across. Yeah. Gave it a good, good nudge. It was good to Good watch time it. trial from him too. Yeah. Yeah. One one other thing I wanted to ask you, Bills, is like, what is the go with riders' contracts nowadays, now that you're on the other side of the fence? Because Remco's old man who manages him, I think he was a Tyler in his previous life, and now he's managing one of the best bike riders in the world. Perfect transition. Uh, and he's got another year to go on his contract, and he's like, yeah, no, we've fielded offers from five teams. And then, and then everyone's got the shits up at Quickstep. But how does it work? If you're contracted to a team next year, you just get bought out or? No, unless, unless there's a, I don't know, but unless there's a specific dollar amount. Like a buyout uh, clause. A clause with a specific dollar <laughs> amount, which I don't think there is in this case. Yeah. Then then it's up to it's up to Lefebvre and the, and the other owners and board members of Quickstep if they want to let him go or not. Like they they could say, here's a billion dollars. We want Rimco, I'll give you a billion dollars. If, if Lefebvre wants Rimco, doesn't want the billion dollars, then he'll go, no. Nah. And Rimco can't leave. It's, that's how I understand it, understand it to be. So, Gator, if you if you had 20 mil of your budget, what would would you go all chips in and go, fuck it, we'll get four or five mil for Remco and then we'll just fill in the rest? How would you, how would you spend it? Ooh, yeah, it's a hard one, eh? Um, you got to... This is where, like, Moneyball comes back into mind, eh? Like, there's a lot yeah. of guys out there that you just, like... Especially then, it depends what you want to do. Like, do you want to win races or do you want to win the Tour de France? And that's where, like... If you want to win the Tour de France, there's only, like, three guys you can sign. So you're kind of screwed because then the rest mm. of your team is just going to be plebs. Yeah, And then another thing... I guess it's common in a lot of other sports and maybe all sports is like just a different difference in team budgets. So like, yeah, like when you say, okay, 
Rimco's like got like three three other teams like you know Quickstep's been fielding off three other teams like trying to buy Rimco. Then there's actually only three teams that can do that afford because it, yeah. there's no one else can that it can afford to like Rimco's it's Rimco's salary at the just moment is Eos, Black Spoke, and yeah. maybe Q could afford it. Q, yeah. <laughs> Get him over the race American crit series. Yeah. <laughs> but like this, like there's a whole there's probably seventy five percent of the world world tour teams can't afford Rimco even if he was up for contract because his salary mm-hmm. alone is too high, let alone buying him out of a current contract and then paying what, him six million. What would he year. go for on the current market? Because remember six the million, big turning I was gonna say back in the day the big turning point was when Sagan went with Saxo uh or what Tinkoff. Remember when he paid him four mil a year, and everyone was like four million euro, and then all the wages went Broop. like even mm-hmm. the domestiques are going. Well, you paying me hundred grand, get stuffed. Yeah, you know, I want two hundred now. It just mm. and inflated like, everything. Right, that's happened. Everything. The, the salaries are constantly going up from the base level to the top level, and cycling yeah. now. And it's good. It's good for the good for the guys that are racing now. Um, it is. But, it is so interesting that Lefebvre thing though, because eh? it's like. I guess either way, he's rubbing his hands together. He's either got Rincon on his team next year or he's going to get so much money from him leaving that he can keep the team afloat for another couple of years. Yeah, yeah. but like I think I think you've got to be careful what you say about Lefebvre because he might listen to the show. Um, yeah. <laughs> doubt it, but... <laughs> um, I, think, I think that he only owns a small percentage of the team. Like, I think he only owns... Uh, like, he doesn't, he's not the majority owner of, the, of that team. Right. It's the Czech guy. Yeah. He owns the majority of the team. So, you know, if I don't know what percentage Lefebvre owns, but he's only taking that percentage of the sell if he if yeah, it yeah. was sold. You know what yeah. I mean? So oh, I just like, you know, if you've, got, if you've got if you've got gaps to fill other salaries, you know, like then at least if you get a huge injection of cash from Renko leaving, at least you can start to look at other guys that are actually on the market. But mm. for sure, I think it would actually be a shame if he left that team though, because it's like he's kind of Feels like part of that team now. I don't know. Yeah, Wolfpack. The Wolfpack. Like, the dream scenario are, would be that Quickstep finds some money, and like I know that's that's not it's not that, that easy, <laughs> but like go to Rimco. Okay, maybe we under we underpaying you a little bit, but at the same time you agreed to this contract, you signed it. So, but out of good faith, we'll bump it up to the level that we can afford to, mm. and stay here. You know. That that would be what was best. Like I think that if he gets well, bought out, and it's, it's just going to be, it's just going to make the, it's just changing the sport. And it's like, it maybe it's maybe it's where the sport should head in the future, like trading and all that sort of stuff. But it's not, it's not there yet. It's not ready for that yet because there's only a few teams that can do it. And Ineos will try the book at it. I reckon. I reckon he's going to go there. Yeah, well, that, maybe that's the likely. Yeah. Well, Belgium loves cycling that much. Maybe they just slap a a Remco tax on everyone's income tax at the end of the year. Yeah. Everyone pays a euro to keep them in house. They probably do it. The Belgians are mad. <laughs> oh, yeah. If they were like a grand a year extra on your taxes to keep Remco, they'd probably fucking do it. Like when, <laughs> when, um, uh, when uh, was it Leonard who was leaving the Raptors and went to oh, you know, yeah. Jonesy when he when he yeah, left he the Raptors? To, um, the Clippers. Clippers, yeah. And so Toronto were trying to keep him, and apparently. Uh, it got to the like whole city was like just trying to give Leonard like these perks to stay. So, like, this like Michelin star restaurant was like any time of day, 
fucking four in the morning, <laughs> call me, I'll open the restaurant, I'll cook for you and all of your friends. You never ever have to pay like as many people as you want to bring mm. to the restaurant. And then like um Drake, Drake was like involved. Drake yeah. some like a big apartment at the top of a fucking penthouse. So we're like, we'll give you the apartment, I'll pay your taxes or something. Like mm. that, that was one of the reasons he was leaving because the tax rate was lower or something as well, or something like that. Or he wanted to go home, but the tax rate was different. And Drake was like, I'll pay you the difference, the taxes, and like mm. like the whole of Toronto was like, Don't fucking leave. Yeah, he still left. Yeah. <laughs> hey, before you go, one last thing you're talking about, uh, Lefebvre and that. Do you watch the Cavendish doco on Netflix? Yeah, Fine, I haven't yet. No. I've heard it's worth a watch, Katie. Yeah. Um, I must no, I say, like, I people think I, I, I got like, and when I was doing this NBC thing, there's two, two uh, TV stuff for NBC in America. I like people started thinking, like, that I hate Kev when I actually, I like, I've always loved Kev and I do love Kev. And, but everyone was like, oh, you hate Kev because the question was asked, do you think he'll break the record this year? And I said, no. And they're like, oh, you fucking hate him. I don't hate him. I just don't think he's going to break the fucking record. Like, you know, yeah, do you but... think Aaron Gates going to go to the moon? No, I don't fucking hate you. I just don't think you're going to go to the moon. And, yeah, but why couldn't like, you just play the game, Sam? Why couldn't you play the romantic game? Which because yeah, there's already, no, there's already enough people. There's already enough people doing that. Yeah, but um, Cav hates that shit. He won't forget those comments. Uh, that's re- reverse psychology. I want to care. I, I and I said it. I said asking me if Cav's going to break the record and asking me if I want Cav to break the record is two completely different things. I want mm. him to break the record. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think he will. And I, it turns out I was right. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's why he brought it up. <laughs> That's why he brought it up. If he had an impression and broke the record, you would not be talking about this right now, let's be honest. No. But no, what I was going to say is that I watched the Cav doco and I even have more admiration for that guy after watching it. It's it's mm. a good watch. It's a really good watch. And he, after watching that, like, then I do retract a little bit and say, like, fuck, if anybody would do it, come back from fucking chips down and break the record, it's going to be that guy. Is he contracting <laughs> to a starter next year or no? That's it. Well, he's supposed to be retiring, but yeah, who know. knows? He might, he might pin a number back on. You never know with him. Black spoke. Black spoke. <laughs> Maybe it's actually one. Uh, one story I will tell quickly, which is quite a proud moment, is he. Uh, I raced the Copenhagen three day last year, and Cav was there doing it with Ilio as a warm up for the Ghent Six, and uh, I went down to like half the right. They split you half the riders did like a moto thing, and half of us did an elimination. And first night came down to me and Cav for the last sprint. And I was like, oh, I've got to get him. So I rolled him on the line in the elimination. And then the next night, the uh, organizer came up to me and he's like, oh, the, the crowd would quite like to see uh, Cavendish win, you know. And so then <laughs> I came it off the track after he beat, came down to the two of us again at the end and he, he rolled me. And uh, I, the Danish mechanic came up to me straight after. He's like, hey, the next time you go out, I have to put a lock ring on your bike because you were backpedaling so much in the last straight. I think you nearly would have wound the gear off. <laughs> <laughs> to his credit, to his credit, I had just come off like the track worlds and stuff and he, he was fresh off the off season. So there was a bit of disparity in form there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Safe to say, I'm not beating him in a sprint uh, mid-road season. <laughs> no, That's fucking awesome. He's hard. But no, it's worth, <laughs> it's worth a watch if you find some time. To do uh, to watch it, Katie. Yeah, well, I'll cut. probably watch it with wifey when I'm at home because it's always good to educate her on cycling. True, she's got no idea what's going on. The uh, <laughs> the the owner of the South African team didn't come out looking that good in it. What's his name again? Oh, Doug, oh, Doug. Ryder. Doug Ryder. Oh, okay. 
Because it's never good when team owners are feeling the pump that they dump it onto the riders. Oh, yeah. You know, when he has meetings where it's like, like guys, guys. Look like a, yeah. yeah. We don't the win a stage when we're fucked. <laughs> and everyone's Ke- like... Kev's like, who the fuck is he? Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, who the fuck's Dog Rider? And then he's like, hey, Siri, who's Dog Rider? Yeah. Hey, Siri, That's who's right. Mark Kevin? <laughs> yeah, he goes, I thought that was good, eh? Like when he has the Siri thing. check. Yeah, who the fuck's so Doug Ryder? Yeah, love it. Uncle Doug comes out looking shit ass. Poor bastard. He's already lost his team, and they'd be sitting at home, everyone going, Oh, Doug, we should watch the Netflix thing. Uh, yeah. Give that a gander. Or he no, he's, he's, he's back now, Doug. Oh, he's, he's back in the game. He's back in the game. Yeah. Yeah, he, man, that guy's. He's, people talk about Jonathan Vorders, like how he can keep teams afloat or keep teams going. Doug Ryder's. Oh, pretty yeah. fucking good at it too. You can't. Yeah, he's got a good team. He's got a good team now. It's going to be, and they've got some good signings for next year as well. So they're going to start on the way up. Q thirty six point five. What is it? Q thirty six point five. Yeah. Yeah. It's, what, um, what's that all about? It's a clothing company. <laughs> ah. It's a yeah. South what's African. Thirty six point five. What's that say? Clothing for? company. But why do they put the number in? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> mm, I don't know. <laughs> so part of the, it's part of the South African alphabet, I think. Okay. Why do they call it a 7-Eleven a 7-Eleven? Not a 20, 26-3 or something. Yeah. Good point. All right. Leave, leave your comments in the feedback below. What are we talking about? We need to wrap this shit up. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go. I've just got a meeting in a couple of minutes. So. Good just to see you, um, Katie. Thanks for coming yeah, on, mate. Cheers, Congrats guys. on your results, Good mate. Cat. I'll be... Uh, Following it with uh, interest, what Tour of Denmark this week? Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, good luck. Well, yeah, I wouldn't look too closely, but we'll wow, see. Like geez, it. you'd think the crowds would be good. Fuck, they've been sport the last couple of years with results. Yeah, yeah that's Tell true. No, yeah. Danish do love cycling. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Good Is Finger Go doing it? Preparation for the Welter. He's probably should eh? Yeah. Chris Jul Jensen went out to watch. Yeah. Mads Peterson. Yeah. That Denmark is a strong cycling nation. Right? It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Magnus the thing that's always scary as well is the, sport, fucking, yeah. is the time trials here. It's like probably harder to win the time trial at the Tour of Denmark than, than to than to win the world the world's time yeah. trial because just every yeah, yeah. day is so fast on a time trial bike. Yeah, and they're always <laughs> short as well. They short time trials. So they just rip it. Yeah. Mm. All right. Sweet. Good luck, Katie. Cheers, guys. All right. Cheers, mate. Catch you later. See you soon.